alaikum and welcome to another episode of The Habibis, three Arab game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for today, Osama Darius. I'm Rami Ismail. So um, how about we kick it off to you, Fozi? What have you been doing this week? So I finally managed to finish Resident Evil 8. Oh, Ooh. you've been working on that for a while. Yeah. I would have finished it much quicker, but seriously, like, you know, a very dark game in sunlight <laughs> has been has been quite the challenge. <laughs> I've been trying to find, like, I get three hours of uh, darkness, <laughs> and I, I use those to play Resident Evil. Because the other game I'm playing quite colorful, I'll talk about that in a second. That, that I can play at any time of the day. But Resident <laughs> Evil has been a struggle to kind of find the right time to play. But so would you say that like Swedish mode is the more di- the difficulty above nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> I would say like you know if you have survival horror game, save it till winter, which is like in three weeks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but for now, like play all the colorful games if you can. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, so Resident Evil Eight is done. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I know that I spoke about it quite a bit in this podcast, but I'm, I'm happy that now I can come back and look at it because there's, there's something super interesting about this game. Hmm. And uh, I'm going to go into slightly spoiler territory, unlike me, but I think it's important for the structure of how this game works. So um, if you don't want to get spoiled, um, skip to the other game in the footnotes. You got like, you know, here's your two seconds of warnings. Do it now. <laughs> So the, the the village in the title is actually a hub. The, the game is, is quasi-open world. Mm. And when I say quasi-open world, it's not open world. <laughs> it's not okay. open world at all. It's kind of linear. But um, you need to defeat several bosses. And uh, the village is the section where you need to come back to once you've obtained the item that will unlock the other area of the village for you to go and defeat the other bosses. There's Would you like, say it's a similar structure to like God of War 2018 where you have to keep going back in the middle and then you go to a different world? It's I'd say it's definitely inspired by that. Okay. Um, uh, but I think God of War was a lot more open. Ah, uh, even even less open than God of War. Okay, less nice. open than that. So it's a lot more linear. So you can't go to that area before you unlock that area, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can't defeat boss number three before boss number two. It's not that level of open. Mm-hmm. But there are once you've defeated uh, a boss, uh, you can go back to a previous area, and now you can obtain treasures or things that you couldn't obtain beforehand. Mm. Um, so there's more reason for you to go back. That almost sounds like a Metroidvania. Yeah, yeah, but um, a Metroidvania is a lot more complex. Um, this is still more linear than that. So um, it's like a children's Metroidvania for adults. <laughs> for adults, it's, it's, it's so like you always know where you need to go next. Unlike a Metroidvania, you need to open the map and see all right where was the area that I didn't explore, and then try to go back there. Um, mm. This game kind of guides you towards that, um, but um, uh, it's a lot more linear. The, the other interesting part about this game is that the four bosses, the tall lady that the internet loves is one of them. Right. Um, <laughs> there's four of them. Each one of those uh, sections of the game plays completely differently. For me, it's almost like they, you know, they grabbed a section, gave it to a design lead, and they were like, you can do whatever you want with those mm. mechanics. Mm. So, but did anybody make a racing game? 
No racing games. Uh, no, like, no but sports like, game either. Uh, like, like I said, you have to use the same mechanics. So. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, it's still like, you know, like it's still it's a first person game. There's a gun and you have to walk around, blah, blah, blah. But like there's one section, like it's a dollhouse. Um, you, the minute you walk in, you lose your gun. And it plays huh. a lot more like Amnesia would. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another section you walk in and there's like a, a, a lot of ammo. Hmm. And you grab that, and then you're you're shooting hordes of enemies, and it's an action game. Okay. Hmm. Another section is very reminiscent of the first uh, Resident Evil. It's actually in a mansion, and you need to find keys and solve puzzles and backtrack. Um, so each one of those areas is smaller and self-contained, and it has its own identity to okay. some extent. Do you feel that even though they're they're vastly different, do they still feel like uh, they belong in the same world, like the, like it's the same game, or does it really feel like you're changing games each time? Uh, and they belong into the same world. I definitely still feel that, uh, but it it does feel sometimes a little bit inconsistent in that way. I see. But at the same time, it keeps it fresh. Right. It's not bad inconsistent. It's yeah. not bad and consistent, but like, you know, there are highlights um, compared to like, how do I say this? So like, you know, the uh, since I gave the the spoiler warning, I can say this. So like the, the dollhouse, for example, for me is a standout moment. I would say it's probably uh, some of the best in the game. Hmm. But like the area after that, when it's just, you know, you need to walk through and shoot people, then it's it's, it's a lot less interesting. Right, and they're like they're they're very close to each other, so that inconsistency is apparent. It still plays really well, but you know, uh, you get to feel a little bit of difference there. Right. Uh, but yeah, but uh, that's Resident Evil. It's in the books. Okay, uh, so you've been playing that at night. Until that <laughs> at night. <laughs> what What are you playing during the day? Are you playing anything during the day? <laughs> I'm playing a very similar game uh, called Chikori, uh, a colorful tale. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> Resident Evil. <laughs> it sounds similar. <laughs> it's um, so it's it's an indie game. Um, uh, I'm playing I'm playing this on Steam. Right. It you play in uh, I think it's hard for me to define what it is. It feels very Zelda-ish. Um, to me, in which, like, you know, you awaken in the area, then you're handed the Master Sword, and in this case, a paintbrush, and yeah. you're off to save the world. Uh, the world is devoid of color, and you have a paintbrush that you can use to paint stuff. And um, how you paint stuff, uh, you end up um, either doing some really funny moments that you have with NPCs, which I think is quite charming. Or use them to solve puzzles or to help you traverse the world uh, generally. Um, super funny, a uh, super fun game, uh, amazing soundtrack, and um, ve- like a very charming cast of characters and a standout um, art style. Hey. Like super, super nice. I would um, urge people to, to to Google it at least if they don't want to play it, just because I think the art yeah. style is is very nice uh, to be referenced. Right. No, I mean, I I I love that game a lot. It was um, it was published by Finji, uh, developed by uh, Greg Greg uh, Lobanov, um, and uh, the music was done by uh, Lena Rain, who mm-hmm. you, you uh, might know from Celeste. Oh, she did well. Celeste. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the game was originally when I when I first heard of it, it had a different name. It was um, uh, what was it? 
uh, draw dog, I think, or paint <laughs> dog or something. That makes sense. Uh, it's a dog with a paintbrush. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it grew really well. And it just, it, it's such a, um, it's such a lovely game. And I love how, you know, you, you use the brush both to solve puzzles, but also just to paint things. Yeah. Hmm. Don't really have to do like if you just want to paint a thing, something that you can just you know, paint, paint. Yeah, you um, can make the game look the way you want it to look. Really, right? Yeah, incredible. Uh, it looks gorgeous. It, uh, I just wonderful. have one question about it. Um, yeah. Would my seven-year-old be able to solve the puzzles on her own? Do you think th- that it's seven-year-old? Seven-year. So none of the the puzzles I faced. Um, right now are too demanding. She's really good at video games and she's really good at puzzle solving. She'll, like she'll be able, she I think she'll be able to solve good. most of those puzzles. You might need to read some of the stuff for her, but even like I think. Oh no, she reads. Get... She reads really well. She writes ah. even. She writes movie scripts. I should share oh some with God, you sometimes. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's okay. She's a very very bright kid. <laughs> okay, so move her <laughs> directly to Chrono Trigger then. <laughs> 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 Okami is a probably a more right. suitable <laughs> <laughs> kids these days. You have no idea. Like they, they they have these electronics in their hand from a very very young age, and they pick up on things really 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 quickly. It's remarkable how yeah. how easily they grasp technology. Mm, like yeah. it it makes me wonder how how much of a magician I looked like to my parents when I was messing around <laughs> with the computer as a kid. Because you look yeah. at like young kids and you see them pick up an iPad or an iPhone and like manipulating those devices when they're like three. And I'm like, ah, yeah, world is different yep. now. Exactly. <laughs> it's great. I can't wait to play this. Yeah, right. so it's uh, Chicory, a colorful tale. I, I, I recommend it. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I don't recommend Resident Evil 8 to your seven-year-old. Uh, <laughs> but Chicory, for sure. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing with Resident Evil 8 for a seven-year-old is like just the, the ease at which this guy continues to live as he is murdered like seven million times. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a good lesson. It's very bad life lessons, for sure. Right. It's like, no, no, you can't use medicine to cure that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So maybe I'll pick it up from here if you're, if you're done. Go for it, man. All right. So I have big news. Uh, are you ready? Ooh, Drum roll, news. please. Here we go. Here we go. I finished Mass Effect 3. Oh, oh you're done. Oh, I'm done. I finished it. With all three. All three. Wow. And with the same save file this time. One wow. continuous playthrough without long interruptions in between. I didn't go, I never went more than two days without playing. So Osama oh. Shepard has finally seen <laughs> the ending of Mass Effect. The Sam Shepard. Yes, <laughs> and this is actually the first time I see the proper, uh, like not the proper, sorry, the extended ending, like right. the, the complete ending, uh, with a character that I played through from the very beginning. So that right. was an experience. And I made some choices differently. Things that I was like, okay, you know what? I did it this way. Let's see what happens. And a couple that I regret. So I don't know. Can, can we jump into spoiler territory again so is soon there, after? Is there is there any not spoiler stuff you want to say first? Okay, so the not-spoiler stuff is, this is something very unique about um, this game for me. Most times when I revisit a game that I've played in the past, like, I'm pretty open about this. I played Mass Effect before. I was kind of okay about it. Like, I liked it. It wasn't one Mm -hmm. of my favorite games of all time. It was mediocre about it. Now I think it's a masterpiece. 
it's really weird for me to go that route. Usually when you play a game that you've played before, you either it either solidifies your your uh, opinion of it in my experience or you're like okay, it was good for its time, but you know, it's not it's, it didn't age well. Mm-hmm. Those are usually the two takes that I have. Um it's rare that I revisit something from the past and say, "Wow, this is much better." Than, right. than what I remembered, or much better than the experience before. So what did that? So mostly, it's playing it continuously. I really think mm-hmm. just going from one to the other to the other without long gaps in between. Um, and this is something, actually, that I think is going to change the way pl- I play games going forward. Um, you, you all know I started playing Cyberpunk, for example, at the beginning of the year. I'm mm-hmm. halfway through. I still have the intention to go back at some point. I will mm-hmm. go back. I'm going to be lost with the story. A few of those hours are going to be like write-offs. And then I'm going to finish it. And I'm going to be like, meh. Because, you know, that's not the way to experience those kind of games, right? That's a bad habit that I have. And I think a lot of people have it. Usually, but when people abandon a game, they don't go back to it. I often do go back. I'll play three or four games at a time. And I think that finally Mass Effect convinced me that maybe I should just like finish things and move on from them instead of doing that. Like, you know, put your ADHD on the side as much as possible and just like complete mm-hmm. things. Uh, man, because, if I go back, I have to restart the game. I, I can't pick up where it was. Yeah, that's the thing. I can and I maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> but that's how I do it. That's a, I, I'll totally go back and continue. Uh, I've, I've done the restart again if I'm completely lost, completely mm-hmm. lost. But that's like, that takes a, a big step. So that's the biggest thing is that I had this this adventure that spanned three games and a lot of hours and I became more and more and more invested with it as time went on. And it was this, because I didn't pause it, that momentum kept, kept increasing mm-hmm. uh, to the point that I cared about every little decision I made. I, I, even this time, I kind of somewhat rushed through Mass Effect 1. I had a pretty uh, completish, uh, completionist re- run of Mass Effect 2, and I did literally everything there was to do in Mass Effect 3. So, like, you could tell my investment, like, be- like gradually increased. So, spoiler ter- territory, if that's okay. Let's, let's go to spoilers. Mm-hmm. I um, I sided with the Geth this time over the, the Kari. Ah, interesting. I, you did. And I just did it on a whim, because I'm like... You know, like, I, I love Tally. Tally's one of my favorite characters. And I was like, you know, I, I just want to make Tally happy. But at the end, I'm like, you know, I the way I played it the, the first time around is anytime there were synthetics, I'm like, ah, screw you, you're just robots. And, but kind of changed my mind this time. I'm like, no, actually, right. you know what? what? What is there? Like, I actually gave it some thought. I'm like, what is there to say that life has to be organic? Why can't there be life that are based on something else? They're sensitive, that- they think. Was it Detroit Become Human that made you change your mind? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't usually like mention 0% people. Zero percent that way. I, I am yeah. not not a, a David Cage or his games fan. I'm sorry. Same. same. I so, just have to throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> just in case there's any ambiguity. No, I have right. not played that game, and I don't intend to. Anyway, yeah. uh, uh, from back to that, I the 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 quarry actually died. The 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 Geth the are, yeah 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 they actually die. The Geth are the ones who join you on your on your final mm-hmm. 
What the hell? I didn't expect that. Do, do even you want, though, do, do you want to want out even worse? What? You can save both of them. What? Mm-hmm. How? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the first time around, <laughs> I, I I did it. The second time around, I made the opposite choice. That I can't even figure out how you could potentially. Anyway, so <laughs> Mass Effect Two, all my crew members survived. Right. Mass Effect Three. I I couldn't save or I I couldn't figure out how to save everyone. The last Mass Effect right. Two, it felt uh, pretty easy. You right. you you uh, save the you find the character, you do their loyalty mission, and then you just make a few pretty obvious um, right. choices. choices in the in the final mission, and everyone's alive. And I was super happy um, that everyone survived. Right. Mass Effect Three, I tried to play the same way, and I lost a few people. Right. And Tally being one of them, and Miranda being the other. Oh, uh, didn't say yeah, that. it was actually very emotional. I was really, really sad. I really right. wanted to save these people, like especially Miranda grew on me. I, like at, at the beginning of, similar to Ashley, you don't like her, and then she has like an arc, and then she leaves the and then, Cerberus. And then you still don't like her, but you like her better. <laughs> yeah, but they grow on you. You know, right. like you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. I, yeah, mean, okay. I, get, I get it. I get it. You, you, I know you Mas- get it. I know you're Mas- just teasing me. Mass Effect Three Ashley is okay. Yeah, she is. She she had a she had an arc. She's better. Uh, but I absolutely loved it. I agree with your uh, take that the Citadel was better played at the end. I agree that um, it it's actually a more meaningful ending than the last ending. To be quite honest, I actually when I when I played the ending, I couldn't really figure out what was new, like what was extended and what wasn't. It was not that really big of an impact. Um, like in terms of change, but the choice of story, I paused and it took me like, you know, when you, the, the final choice that you make at the end, it, it took me maybe 15, 20 minutes of the controller down to decide right. what I wanted to do. I didn't yep. know. I, and I ended up making a choice and then going on YouTube and seeing the other two <laughs> because, <laughs> because I, I couldn't, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep before finding out what choice I made and what was good or bad. And the, right. the first time I played the game, uh, I chose destroy. Um, and I almost made the same choice again because that's the choice that feels right because the entire time, uh, they are like the, the, the robots, people, the, like the, the Reapers are, um, the antagonists. So you're like, of course I'm going to wipe them out. This time I chose the, the, whatever combines the one. Synergy. Synergy. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever that one. That one. Synesthesia. Something with sin. And it was presented as a good choice but at the end i felt icky about it i just made a choice for like every living organism who gives me the right (laughs) to do that i mean i've heard that argument before and i don't think i agree with it but it's also entirely fair for it to be your your thinking about it right Mm -hmm. uh i kind of feel like for each of them the repercussions for the universe are so enormous that you've you touch every life anyway Mm. right we're blowing up the mass relays which means that international, like intergalactic trade is coming to a halt. Like yep. entire colonies are completely separate from their supply routes. From Like whatever ending you pick, if you think too much about the ending of Mass Effect, it's shit yeah. either way. Like it's not, it's yeah. not a bad ending. It's just no. you don't get to walk away from something like this without repercussions, right? Yeah. Um, agreed though that the, 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 the green ending is probably the most invasive one. Yeah. Uh, in the entire game, right? Yeah, I still I don't think it was it was 
bad. I think all the endings were good in their own way. And I like that they were all left for interpretation, right? Right. I, but the thing is that choice was so difficult. That's the point I was trying to make. Yeah. I, because I was so invested all of a sudden in the world and all the characters. And this is this wasn't a like a, a short, you know, twine text, a 20 minute text adventure game where you're just making choices and you don't see the results. This was a, I don't know how many hours I put into this at this point. Well, 60 hour, I guess. Yeah, uh, adventure, maybe more. It's about 30 per. Yeah. So probably something like that. Like I'll, I invested a lot of time and a lot mm-hmm. of emotional energy in this. And now I'm going to make a world, that, a choice that's going to change the entire world. It was phenomenal. Like honestly, yep. life changing. Um, the game elevated to a masterpiece for me. I will not forget it this time around. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm actually starting to question whether I should go back and visit. You know, like, there are all these gems that people hold in highest, like all these games that people are like, right. this is one of my favorite games of all time. I played them like in bits and pieces and I'm like, yeah, meh, they're okay. I'm almost thinking to go back and like revisit some of those, just play them in one sitting uh, or the equivalent of that that would pass in my life and see it. Um, yeah, that's it. Go for it, Ravi. Oh. What did you do this week? Uh, oh, boy. Uh, what did I do this week? I whew, um, I watched Loki. So did I. Uh, what do you think? Good? Yeah. For, uh, I mean, I, so I watched 4 and 5 um, because we're recording this a little later than normal. Um, shall we Shall we talk four and not five? Shall we Shall we keep five for next time? Sure. Okay. I thought four was incredible. Yeah. Uh, that That was some like because I didn't like three that much, right? Uh, I felt it was dragging out a bit, and I I didn't feel the storyline was that important. Uh, it, it gave us some time with with uh, Sylvie and and Loki, but it didn't feel like it amounted to much and surely enough episode four starts with okay so that we're just done with this now yeah um but then four just picks up and it does not stop like it just it just keeps going and it it just keeps pushing i think one Uh, of the one of the luckiest things i have had with this episode is that somebody on twitter said that there's an after credit scene yeah. Right. Yeah. And I like, you know, none of the previous one had an after credit scene. If I if I yeah, I think none of them had none of them did. No. Yeah. So one. like this one was, you know, like if I haven't seen that comment, I wouldn't have waited. And that was like I think a pretty cool moment. Right. Uh, yeah, it was well done. Yeah, um, it was really cool. I actually wait every single time. Yeah, I do the same. <laughs> yeah, with, when it comes to the MCU, I take no chances. I wait until right before the text credits scroll, and then I fast forward to the end and see if there's anything that I'm missing. That's right. it. No, I, I just thought it was really well done. Character building, really well done. Sort of like the the sort of central twist as to how things start falling apart is really well done. Yeah. The repercussions for the main characters are really well done. Just ev- everything worked, everything pushed forward. Um yeah. And uh, yeah, just just super good music also. Oof. And I had there was that sad heart like wrenching moment at one point where you're like, "Oh no." I was <laughs> I was sad happen. multiple times through that episode. Like yeah. they they play things really really well. 
Yeah. Um, Owen Wilson continues to be my favorite thing oh, about this show. Oh, yes. So <laughs> good. So good. No wonder three was my least favorite episode. There was no Owen Wilson in yeah, it. Every yeah. time there's Owen Wilson, I'm like, sheesh. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. No, he. And like, again, not to, not to downplay the other actors because every single one of them is bringing like top level acting. Tom Hiddleston bringing uh, like Loki's character yeah. acted so well, Sylvie's character acted so well. But also a lot of the um, the Hunter uh, B fifteen, yes, uh, she's acted incredibly well. Incredibly well, well. yeah. Um, the the Judge uh, Renslayer, even though it's a character that mostly is like somewhat mysterious and stern, even yeah. that comes across really well. There's like a sort of like deceptive warmth around her. Yeah. Uh, Literally everybody has just played so well. Uh, really frustrating. There's just, just nothing you can go and be like, ah, that could be yeah. better. Um, I, I don't know what I would do better about this. No. You know? Like, yeah. just, it's just good. Um, it, it's very good TV. It's going to have a huge impact on the MCU. I'm sure of it. Uh, the stakes are high. And it's setting a, a quite a high bar for, right. for like MCU TV shows in general. For sure, I had a, I had a great time with it. Um, did, did you see the trailer for the What If uh, TV no. show? No, I, oh, okay. I haven't. Okay, well, watch the trailer. It's gonna okay. blow you out of the water. Okay, <laughs> that's gonna be fun. Uh, I look forward to that. Uh, beyond that, uh, what else did I do? I didn't do much this week. You know, I um, I picked up this game called Scarlet Nexus. Scar- Scarlet Nexus. I think it's Scarlet called Scarlet Nexus. Nexus. Bandai Namco. Um, it's a hack and slash. It's a hack and slash. <laughs> Where are you playing it? Switch? Uh, P- PS5. PS5. Here's the thing. It's a very serviceable game. Uh-huh. Right? You play it. It's good. It's just good. But there's nothing there that makes me love it. And there's nothing there that made me super invested. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just playing it. I'm and uh, you know it, it feels bad to say this, but I'm kind of playing it because I don't really have anything else to play right now. Um, and I don't know. It, it's strange because I have a feeling that there is a there is an audience for this game that will absolutely adore it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's fast action. It's combo based. There's this cool telekinesis powers. There's you can tap into your allies' powers and use them. Uh, the story is like plot twist galore. Hmm. Um, it's it's anime everything basically. Okay. Um, there's two main characters with two separate campaigns that like presumably overlap because um, they're they're two characters that meet each other throughout the story. Okay. Um, it's it- it's. You're making it sound phenomenal. You're making well, it sound yeah, really, really so good. So far, sounds great. So so that's the thing, right? Like everything about the game sounds good. And then you play it, and then it's okay. Interesting. And I can't place what it is. Maybe it's the structure. Maybe it's the... Because the combat is good, but, you know, I like weighty combat. And I don't mean, like, Dark Souls weighty. I don't mean, like, I press a button and there's, like, a three-second spin-up animation for my attack. I like when I press the button, something happens, right? Mm -hmm. And telekinesis is really cool. And uh, the sort of, like, the combat system and, like, the different bars that you're managing and... All that, it, just really well done. But then every time I hit something, you know, the sword just kind of goes through the enemy. Yeah, okay, nice. Right? Uh, it doesn't feel like I'm hitting anything. Um, so it, I'm just it's a Devil May Cry style game, would you say? 
Yeah, it's Devil May Cry-ish, but Devil May Cry still gets a sense of impact, right? Oh. And this one kind of doesn't, right? So the moment to moment to me is just kind of meh, but then their big attacks are like really cool. So I just kind of keep going. Uh, I'm, I'm having an okay time with it. The, and the director of this game is Kenji Anabuki, and he's uh, known mostly for the Tales games. Right. Oh, okay. And you know what? That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh-huh. It feels like an anime version of a dark sci-fi tales. Okay. Um, yeah. No, no, it's it, like I said, it's not bad. I'm having a very okay time with it, and I would recommend it to anybody who needs to play a big video game, hmm. uh, but doesn't have anything else to play. Um, then beyond that, uh, and uh, I had a I had a, a an Egyptian visitor, which was uh, fun. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> dropped by because they were on a transfer uh, to Egypt. Uh, but they had a long transfer in the Netherlands. So we did a, a very socially distanced uh, meetup. Um, and that mostly meant that we uh, we played um, some Captain Tsubasa or Captain Majid, obviously. <laughs> um, and um, uh, we played some Mario Tennis. Uh, both of them very good. Uh, it was fun. Uh, this is also a game developer. Uh, they're they're working on a game called uh, Renane, uh, which is a, a beautiful, uh, really cool uh, pixel art sort of speed running platformer. How do you spell that? I want Renane. R e n a i n e. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, really lovely uh, Egyptian dev and um, oh, just I've seen re- this. Oh, it's it's very like it's good. It's it's genuinely good. Uh, I've played that demo in different versions over the years, and uh, the developer he's just not somebody who's gonna let any detail slip by, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's taken very long to de- develop because that's the flip side of caring about every detail. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was it was just fun. It, you know, it's fun to just be two Egyptians sitting on the couch yelling at Captain Magic. <laughs> you know like just how animated it's like obviously soccer is sort of like we obviously sort of like jumped into like Ahli and Zemalik in Egypt the two biggest soccer teams are like <laughs> Ahli and Zemalik but we were both we were about both Ahlawi <laughs> so we were, we're good it's very um, rare to meet uh, a Zemalkawi really <laughs> I mean unless you're in like the Zemalik neighborhood in Cairo um <laughs> I don't know. I'm I, I'm a Halloween. We have one. We have one. Um, I have one cousin in the family or nephew, whatever the English word is. Yeah. Uh, my auntie's son. Um, I think he's the only Zemalkawi in the entire family. So whenever we would watch <laughs> a soccer match, he would have to go sit in the other room. And if Zemalik <laughs> would score in an uh, you know a Zemalik match, then he would be expected to not be too loud about it, because <laughs> uh, otherwise we'd just yell. Um, it's actually yeah. funny you said that. I, I had a eye doctor appointment um, earlier this week, and uh, I the, my doctor is Egyptian, <laughs> and I walked in, and at one point he said Ahlawi. I said no, Osama. He's like no, Ahlawi, and he's pointing at me, and I'm like I look, and I'm wearing my red polo shirt. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I thought he mixed me up with someone else. It took me a sec to like. So you said it now, and I'm like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Soccer's on the brain. When it comes to <laughs> it's like, always you know, on the brain. 
yeah, in the Middle East, soccer soccer teams are a huge thing. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know, it determines if we're gonna be friends or not, if you're a Halawi or not in Egypt. <laughs> you know, if you're Zamukawi, we're just gonna, you know, there's a higher bar to friendship. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing is that um, so Jordan is kind of the same in terms of like how um, much into football people are. But you know, our Jordanian team is so is so terrible. We will never make any. <laughs> we will never make any like you know World Cup or anything like this. We've we've done okay in like the Asian uh, Asian uh, tournaments, right? But like you know, like uh, like we've never like even came close to like being in the World Cup or the Euro or whatever. E- Egypt has done okay for itself. I yeah, mean, we we you we guys got the to the World Cup. Cup a bunch of times, right? As well, we. But we play Africa Cup, right? And in Africa Cup, I think we're we're probably the team that has won it the most often. Yeah. Like we do yeah. we do good. Although I will say when I was growing up, there was a definite like sense of pride about the Egyptian team. And we had like our defense was a wall. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Our our goalkeepers, our defenders, like it was hard to score against Egypt. And occasionally we would score. And as long as you keep that up, you know, you win matches. That yeah. nobody scores against you, you score every now and then, Khalas, you win. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when that wall kind of came down, it, it became a little harder. Uh, I, Egypt still outputs great developers, uh, developers, uh, great <laughs> soccer players, um, also developers, actually. Um, yeah. But they, they don't stay in Egypt. Yeah, we got uh, Salah, right? Salah, Salah, Mo- like, Salah yeah. No. He's the, he's, He's like, you know, the biggest superstar in the Middle East right now. Right. I mean, not it, just it, in Egypt. You you point, you say Mo Salah, and it's uh, now we're friends, even if you're a Zimbabwe, right? <laughs> I think like all of Egypt now watches the English League just because uh, Salah <laughs> yeah. plays there. We frequently watch by proxy, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, wherever there's an Egyptian, that's our team. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, which, since we often get like thrown out of major cups. Yeah. Uh, pretty quickly, it, it you know it helps that we have Egyptians elsewhere because we can just be like, oh, we're we're for we're for England at the moment, or we're for. <laughs> so that's the funny part for us is because like we don't have that you know like you know Egypt is one hundred million people, right? We, ju- we just got to six, so it's right. like <laughs> we're like we're like a neighborhood in Cairo, um, right? Right. <laughs> so like you know, but, but we like the football is like a huge part of uh, of the culture, so. What Jordanian tend to do is that whenever there's like an international football event, um, each uh, Jordanian would pick an international team, and then they will say like, <laughs> "I am from that." So like, there, there's there's Jordanians that say we're German or we're right. English or we're Argentinian or we're Brazilian, <laughs> and then when the World Cup happens, it's like you know people are like wearing the like you know Jordanians that have never even been anywhere near Brazil. Right, they'll be, but they'll be they'll wearing be, the shirt. Yes, yes. The flag is like you know coming right. out of the door. Uh, when Brazil wins, they're in their car, honking their car horns, <laughs> celebrating. Yeah, and like you know, the World Cup and like now the Euro is the same. People are like, "Oh my God, uh, our team!" They talk about Italy. Right. Really showed you, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> like huh. none of you've even come close to Italy, and you're, like, you're supporting it that way. It's a strange Euro this this time, though, right? Like a lot of lot of upsets and a lot of unexpected outcomes. Yeah, I yeah. think everybody kind of expected Italy to do well. Yeah, it's, do, it's doing well so far. Right. So my my in laws are Italian and they really expected Italy to do well. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> like the Netherlands was out in no time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Italy made it to the final though. Yeah, so, Italy's finals. Yeah. Italy yeah. and uh, England, right? England, right? Yeah. England was a bit of a shocker. Yeah, oof. 
the, being, being the Nordics and like uh, for both Sweden and Denmark to get out, it's been uh, a bit right. sad to see. <laughs> but yeah, England England being in the finals is a big one. I think is it the, the they haven't done that before, have they? Or uh, the first time in the final, in God knows right. how long. So I mean, mm-hmm. they they have a chance to be the Netherlands, right? Like just get to the <laughs> finals and then lose. Like, it'll be. Fun. But that's the thing. It's it's funny because I've never cared much about soccer or football too much. Except for when the Netherlands plays or Al Ahli. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny because in the <laughs> Netherlands, I couldn't care about any team whatsoever. And in Egypt, I loved the Egyptian team when I was growing up. But I think the atmosphere around soccer is, yeah. is just, I feel it's better. Like in for, Egypt. Me, for me, it's, uh, it's like, you know, cafes uh, with people right. sitting, smoking shisha, yeah. and um, Maybe watching it's football. Just, Maybe it's just because the alcohol culture is different, yeah. right? Because yeah, be. if I want to, if I want to watch soccer in Europe, I end up at a bar and it smells like beer, and there's drunk people, and people start yelling and throwing stuff. Um, even in like you know, maybe if they pick s- a fight if you cheat for the wrong team, right? right. Well, 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 that could Egypt, still happen in the Middle East. So. <laughs> alcohol needed for that. Um, but in the Middle East, it's like a tea house or a coffee house, and people yeah. are just kind of sitting yelling at the television. I think the other thing I really like is, I don't know if this is true for uh, for Jordan or uh, Iraq, but um, I love that in Egypt, one player can go from like the hero of the country (laughs) to like the sole of the dirtiest shoe (laughs) and like... 12 minutes of soccer yeah yeah right yeah. it's uh, incredible soccer. like it's like the, somebody scores and it's like oh my hero yeah yeah habibi yeah <laughs> and then 12 minutes later it's like, <laughs> that spirit that i find so funny because it's like, so lovely watching like watching football like the euro now i go out to some friends uh outdoors and we're watching the football and um uh, you know like i hear like either the swedish or like the, you know the the commentators and they're like super calm. And like, oh, yeah. this guy is passing the ball to this guy and all of this. And, and, and they're like, you know, two of them. And they're like, you know. How does that like, work? There isn't enough energy. And then like I think about like, you know, Arabic um, commentators. It'll be just the one guy. <laughs> and like, you know, by the like he's he's the dude is saying poetry about the right. player. Wala arwa, wala agmal, wala. And like, you know, like they will tell you everything about the player from like, you know, how tall is he yeah. to like what is his shirt size to like which team did he even ever consider? So like, and uh, like my, when my the girl comes thing, out to go like yeah. the commentator is gonna have a heart attack. Like right, <laughs> my favorite thing is when it goes, it goes like you know, there's like three Arabs name in, in a row, like you know, like. Ahmed, 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 <laughs> Muhammad, 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 <laughs> you Muhammad, you go! You're just sitting there, it's like, wow! And I just, I love it. Like, uh, Ahmed passed Mahmoud, Mahmoud passed Muhammad, Muhammad passed Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So, so, like you know, as an equivalent to Ahli and Zamalek, and um, uh, you know, we have a, we have two Jordanian teams. I'll speak about them in a bit, but um, it's more important that um, you support one of the two Spanish teams, Barcelona or Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to pick one, uh, and you have to pick a side, and it gets serious. Like there are stories in which, like of. Uh, a person would deny his daughter's hand in marriage to a guy wow. because he supports Barcelona <laughs> oh, instead God. of Real Madrid. <laughs> like like stuff like that. Like they will have like um, you know stickers at the back of their car saying 
مدريدي وافتخر لايك ام فروم مدريد ام براود لايك ستيك ات ذا باك اوف ذا كار ذيس ذيس بيبل ار جوردانيز موست اوف ذا بيبل نيفر بين ذير نيفر بين ذير لايك ذير واز ذس دود ذات اي نو ذات هاز اتس اتس فاسينيتنج فور مي بيكوز هي هاز ليرن سبانيش only by watching you know the spanish tournaments wow yeah like he learned spanish because he was super into the football and he wanted to enjoy the <laughs> the match in its original language he's watched so much spanish league that he ended up learning spanish that's right. incredible <laughs> That's I wonder if you could learn shouting very loudly in Arabic from just watching <laughs> Arabic commentary. You will no learn doubt. all the Arabicness. Ahmed, Mahmoud, Hamada. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just love that because it's like, even though they're saying the same word six times in a row, you can just kind of tell what is happening. Right? You can kind of, you're like, okay, Ahmed has the ball. Okay, Ahmed has the ball. Okay, Ahmed has the ball. Okay, Muhammad has the ball. Oh, oh, Muhammad has the ball. And you, you can just, you can just tell, like from the, from the, the, the energy is really unique, and the yeah. energy is really. I mean, it's not unique, right? Like, let's be honest. Like the the South Americans are very yeah, yeah, similar, yeah, very true. similar to 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 us in um, in uh, at least in North Africa and, and across uh, parts of the Middle East, but. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't, I just can't watch soccer with Dutch commentary. Like the, <laughs> the Brits are kind of okay. Uh, they get into it a little bit. Yeah. They get, they, they get a little excited, but you, you, you still kind of feel like they, they, they want to keep their honor. <laughs> and the Arabs don't care anymore. Like there's a goal. This is the greatest thing that has happened today. It's the best. And, and the other thing I love is even when it's a goal against us, yeah. if it's a pretty goal, Yeah. To get the same treatment. Yeah. We're still going to be yelling about the goal. I mean, we'll also be sad about it and upset about it, but I I think that's the other part I like. It's like, you know, uh, when I, when I, when I, when the Dutch kind of lose at at soccer, we all go like, well, you know, what's to be expected? The other team played better. In the Arab world, it doesn't matter whether the other play team <laughs> played better or not. If the other team played better, then we're going to give our team more grief. If the goal is good, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> goal is good, it's good. Um Well, you know, it doesn't matter whether it was a good match or not. We're still like, we still have feelings about this. Um, <laughs> a very I interesting think- thing I see that it reflects into um, uh, gaming culture. So like, um, I think almost every single dude I know in Jordan knows how to play FIFA. <laughs> Just like, a point like, of honor. Super yes. good at FIFA. So like, I don't, you know, I'm not like, I'm not a huge soccer fan but i can play fifa because like <laughs> you can't grow up in the middle east and not play fifa and like yeah. i would play with those guys who like you know they're following up on every match they watch everything and I, those people they only play fifa they play no other video game and right. we'll be in one of those places i think i spoke about on the podcast once we're sitting on the couch we're smoking shisha playing fifa and then like i'll be like you know going there and i shoot and then the ball goes out And one of the players, and then they all start laughing. And I go like, right. <laughs> I thought I had the perfect opportunity. I don't know what happened. They were like, and like, of course it's not going to go in. You're playing with this player and you shot with your left foot. What did you expect? <laughs> they, they know this information by heart. And the developers are also similar people. So right. they have all of this detail in the game. And they're just, because of the, the database of football in their heads, they're just great at FIFA. And in a way, I can never be. Right. I remember when I was in college and I used to play FIFA, there were two groups I played with. I had my Arab friends and there were a couple of uh, like Latin Americans in that group, by the way, just because it was a FIFA crowd. Uh-huh. And there was other people who would normally just play any games. 
with the people who would just normally play any games, you know, we'd also play hockey or basketball or even Call of Duty or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I was one of the best FIFA players. <laughs> I was really, really, really good because I played games generally and I played FIFA with the FIFA players. And you're right. with, uh, Yes. Yeah, well, that's it. That's, yeah. <laughs> but when I play with the Arabs and the Latin Americans, I was by far the worst. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the, the dedication that they have. I don't have the practice right. that they have. I'm I'm generally better at all other video games than they are, but not not FIFA. Not right. FIFA. You're like me in Smash. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm I'm good with Smash if you're unaware that Kirby is bad in the meta. If you know that my character is bad in the meta, then I'm gonna get you know destroyed. I don't know. The, I I have lots of good memories about soccer. Uh, growing up, like with the family sitting around or going to the to the stadium or or watching a TV. Like the other thing I loved, and this was it's a weird thing, right? In my family, we've noticed uh, among among the kids, we've noticed that whenever we cross in front of a television, we announce it, mm-hmm. even to this day, huh. right? Whenever we we get up and we want to walk in front of a television, we go, sorry, I'm just going to go to the bathroom or, you know, I'm going to grab a snack or something. And uh, I've noticed that other other people don't do that, right? They just pass. Uh, They just go go in front of the TV. It takes one second, right? And we realize (laughs) it's because while my dad was watching soccer, if we walked in uh, in front of the game and like three seconds later there was a goal against us, he would blame us. (laughs) <laughs> right, he'd be like oh if you hadn't walked in front of the tv there wouldn't be like that and it, was, it was that kind of it was that kind of thing where i think the the egyptians believe in superstitions plus their care for soccer it creates some very interesting unique circumstances oh my god that's um, incredible but it was really funny like don't talk during the match don't walk in front of the tv during the match you just kind of get these behaviors where you're like yeah Okay, I'm just going to go upstairs and uh, not be involved in any of this. I will have my Game Boy. Uh, I'll have a good time. Bye. And, uh, football. Um, football for me it's is like one, it's, it's one of those like, you know, telltale signs that you're in an Arab neighborhood in any city in the world. You start to smell shisha and then lo and behold, there's a cafe, people outside. Yep. Um, any time of the year, there's soccer on the TV and they're talking politics. That's when right. you know you're in the Arab neighborhood. Right, yes. <laughs> you and also have the flags everywhere on all the, the balconies. Right. <laughs> I love that, man. It's like, yeah, it's, like it's I so think, good. like, imagine, like, you know, you know, somebody, like one of my friends visiting Jordan during the World Cup. And he'd yeah. like, you know, see people in all sorts of colors. We're like, wow, well, I'll be a multicultural country. But like, no, no, this, we, don't, we don't have that many Argentinians in Jordan. <laughs> These are just Jordanian guys. We, we're just, the Argentinian we're just Argentinian by proxy for these two weeks. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I, yeah. I'm curious about something because like my for, for someone who didn't actually watch soccer, my mother was incredibly invested in the sport. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if that was a similar experience for you. Like she would often be in another room or doing something else. And then she'd hear goal and she'd rush into the room and ask what the score is. She <laughs> yeah. And would stay and watch the highlight. But that was her. Like I just got so used to this where my mom cares a lot about soccer, but not enough to sit down and watch. And I'm wondering if that's like <laughs> cultural, similar experience for you. I think I think there was not really a gender divide. I think there was a there, there was generally it feels like there was a gender divide about FIFA, 
Yeah. But when it came to soccer, it didn't really matter. It yeah. was my aunties, my my nieces, or or it's a communal event. Everybody's oh, right. into it. Every, so I guess it's cared. just my mom. <laughs> I was projecting. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds like your mom was was very similar in that not everybody just has time to watch a full match. Yeah, but so, everybody cares. Yeah, yeah. she did care. Big a time. football right. match is long, man. It's yeah, a lot of, it it's is. a lot of time investment. And a lot of it, nothing's really happy. <laughs> oh, that's not how it worked, Joe. Osama, Osama. You no, need you... to listen to some matches with some Arab commentary. <laughs> there's something happening we're yelling about every minute of the match. Of there's course, a lot there happening, is. even if there's no goals. The, right. the Arab commentator will make sure that you're entertained. I think they're like right. the original shoutcasters, really. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're shoutcasting the soccer game as it's happening. And they're it. good at shouting. Oh, oh really good. <laughs> no, I think I, th I think the thing with soccer, and, and and I think that's hard to explain, is because there's a bunch of there's a bunch of very arbitrary rules, like the offside rule, and the the foul system is a little weird, and we've got all the diving and and people pretending that there's mm -hmm. a fault, and now we've got the VAR. There, there's a lot of like sort of obscurity that people attribute to soccer, but it's kind of a, a mix between a, a game of attrition and a game of strategy and a game of whoever can kick the ball hard enough that it catches on fire and goes through the goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think you're mixing that up with like... Uh, I don't think so. Boss. I think that's yeah, actually exactly how it goes. Or FIFA uh, Street. I think FIFA Street also has a mechanic. But, <laughs> but it's just a, it's, it's a very interesting thing to see because very often matches get lost because of a coach error. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or a substitute error. Or uh, just one player sort of like falling too far back or coming too far forward. I think what I like about soccer is that at any given point, anybody can be the hero. Yeah. And everybody can be like the person who, you know, messes it up. Yeah. Uh, because of that, it just, uh, I, there are definitely bad soccer matches where you're just watching, you're like, what, what, what are we, yeah. what are we doing? And the Netherlands are really good at soccer matches like that. Yeah, uh, just kind of kicking the ball backwards for the entire match. Yeah. And, and teams but, have their own like personality and how right, they play style. as well. Yeah, but, like the Italians what, always getting hurt, but not really. Like it's become a <laughs> joke at great. this point. <laughs> um, but I think I think the trick of soccer is that at any given point, there's a balance on the field that's shifting. Yeah. And even if I don't really love watching soccer most of the time, whenever whenever I sit down and watch it, I'm just always kind of amazed by how well that game is designed. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really well-designed game. Yeah. Like, it's a testament that you can copy-paste soccer pretty much as it is to a game and just get, a like, a really good video game. Yep, it translates incredibly well compared to most sports. I have right. to say that. Like yeah. as a person who plays, who used to play a lot of sports games, basketball is one of the hardest translations. Right, it's really finicky, and a lot of subtleties are completely lost by it. Right. Hockey's is okay. Hockey's okay, but soccer it translates seamlessly. It's, it's so easy to understand. It's because the 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 main part of it is strategic. Kick yes. the ball to the right player. Give a good pass. Give a deep pass. Like the 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 sort of main verbs yeah. are very easily translated. It makes a very viewable sport as well. Exactly. Well, I think with basketball, a lot of it is, like you said, in like small movements of the hands, trickery, yeah. stuff like that. It's a lot harder to translate. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just, I'm just happy that, that there's this thing where we can all sit down and yell at the television together. <laughs> honestly, that, that, that's what makes soccer. It's the most international language in the world, I always say. Yeah. 
Everybody, everybody knows what football is all about. And like <laughs> us growing up with also watching Captain Majid, as well as you know the the all the hype around football, it's uh, an integral part of uh, of our childhoods and like the culture and all of that. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm, it's gonna be interesting to see what's gonna happen after the final match on Sunday. Jordan's right. gonna be on fire, I'm pretty sure. No matter oh, who yeah. wins. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm not too sure how the uh, how the temperature in Egypt is on the Euro Cup at the moment. Yeah. But uh, the Netherlands stopped caring, obviously. <laughs> of uh, course. So, um, uh, good luck to all the Italian Jordanians and um, <laughs> the English Jordanians out there. I'm 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 any any predictions? Uh, if I don't say Italy, my family-in-law will disown me. So uh, I think Italy's gonna take it, like statistically <laughs> speaking. I hope I'm hoping for Italy. Yeah, I mean, I like <laughs> I like I, I have nothing against England, but also, you know, you see the stuff that their fans are doing, and I know you can't punish the team for the fans, <laughs> but like booing a national anthem and like laser pointers on the goalie's yeah. eyes, I'm like, eh, yeah. eh. That that's not what I want to win, and I feel one of the parts that I love about soccer is it's as much about the team as it is about the fans. Yep. Right. Yeah. So if the fans are awful, then let the other team win. So I'm for Italy right now. Good. We'll see. That's actually a really good reason as well. So I guess this is a good time to wrap it up, keep it fresh in people's minds, what our predictions are, and have them watch the game. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we're really super. Oh, sorry. So, thank you all for just so surprised. <laughs> surprised. We can't believe people are still listening to us. Can't believe <laughs> what episode is this now? Twenty six. I mean, oh do, we count the, do we count the 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 Suhoor bites or do we not count the Suhoor bites? I guess it depends on your mood. Yes, yes. Thirty six <laughs> plus or minus thirty. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, that's a lot. You know, yeah. we should do just more little content episodes. We should find another reason to do that. Those are a lot of fun. We should bring them back. Because, okay. you yeah. know, Ramadan is in, in like two, three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's almost. It's, it's soon. It's soon. Exactly. Uh, so thank you all for joining us. Uh, send us an emails with your stories. We'll read them online. Join us on our Discord and all that fun stuff. Uh, and that's it for us for this week. Salam alaikum. Salam. Salam. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I'm Osama Dorias, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Osama Dorias. My fellow Habibis were Rami Ismail, you can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami, and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubeda. And the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good era tea with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and assalamu alaikum.